We are Vic Fellowship and Vic stands for Vaccine Information Coalition. You're listening to Progressive Radio Network, the most listened to commercial free and truth radio program in the world. My name is Renee and the title of our show is What in the Cell is Going On? We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern, which can be accessed live on PRN. FM or later on the front page of our vacinfo.org website. Um, I have been mentioning the last couple of shows that I take time to finish reading the last four chapters of what um, has been put together in honor of my late husband, Gary Tunsky, the wisdom of our creator um, at a cellular level. So I'm going to read the last, I'm going to be, basically I'm trying to tell you I'm going to be the guest today because I've been, I've been mentioning that I was going to do this and I haven't been able to do it the last couple of weeks for Dr. True's unbelievable research and information, which next week, just to prepare everybody tune in and get as many people as you can because he's going to be uncovering some unbelievable research that we've stumbled across and I'll mention after I read the book but today's going to be reading the last four books if um, you're okay with that and uh, and then uh, um, and we'll see how much time we have after that to uh, talk about solutions if we have time of, of what I'm going to be reading as well as uh, mention an introduction to do next week's show and, and a comment about it okay so this is chapter Eight. And for anybody that wants to go back to the Podbean page or whatinthecell.podbean.com, uh, that's where you can actually see all of our shows If you, or you can go to the front page of our website. But anyway, um, if you go to July 4th of this year is when I read the first seven chapters. So you can put it all together. Um, it's it's just a, a wealth of information that a gentleman um, that we, we've interviewed also, Anthony Samaroff, put together. He's a writer, and he's taken my husband's wisdom that Father gave him and uh, put it in a wonderful summary of my husband's wisdom. And I'm just, it's, it just sounds like Gary's, all I can tell you. So here we go. Chapter 8, Accumulating Toxicities. Most people today die of disease, but that wasn't always the case. Something arrived on this planet around 1930 had never previously been seen before. The chemical combine industries were developed. Fast forward almost a century, we have allowed so many synthetic chemicals into our soil, food, water, air, and beverages that the body's natural detoxification systems are having a hard time coping with them. And let me just add something there, which will be added in the final book. We all know what the number one toxicity is, and that's the vaccinations, the you know, life of the flesh is in the blood, so that will be definitely emphasized in the, the final uh, editing of this. According to Environmental Working Group, blood samples from newborns contained an average of 287 toxins, including mercury, fire retardants, um, pesticides, food additives, chemicals from body care products, air pollutants, toxic plastic compounds, and Teflon. The human body is not designed to receive synthetic chemicals outside of what the body is made of. Anything inorganic is rejected as foreign antigen, which the body has to find a way to evacuate through the mouth, nose, skin, urinary tract, or colon. If it can't, it will store them in the tissues to deal with it later. The reason why so many people are unable to get out of the house in the morning without a cup of coffee is that their bodies work in overtime at night to detoxify their tissues of all stored chemicals that have been entering their body throughout the day, as well as 
excessive metabolic waste from eating the wrong kinds of foods. Toxins must first enter the bloodstream for filtration by the liver and kidneys in order to be removed through the urinary tracts. The problem is when the toxins enter the bloodstream, they may make people feel drowsy, sluggish, and even depressed. So they fuel up with heavy toxic breakfast, moving their attention of the body from detoxification to digestion, and hey, presto, they feel better again. They think they must have they must have been just really hungry. But there's here's the thing, the body is never actually hungry for pancakes and waffles. These are additive cravings. Hunger isn't the problem. It's all the poisonous chemicals in the body's tissues that are trying to work their way out. The standard American diet is full of unhealthy foods, devoid of the nutrients our bodies need to build themselves healthy cell by cell. On a daily basis, most Americans wake up Monday morning to a jolt of caffeine from a cup of coffee and a sugar-laden donut for pay of pastry or pastry. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner are served loaded with white flour, preservatives, emulsifiers, stabilizer, cancer-causing dyes, artificial flavors, rancid fats, hydrogenated fats, and a litany of other toxic additives washed down with the sodas containing BHA, BHT, sodium benzoate, benzoate, um, yellow number five dyes, car caramel coloring, MSG, aspartame, Splenda, and phosphoric acid, all of which eventually get into the blood through digestion. Then there are chemicals we receive on a daily basis from the environmental, from the environment, which are already known to be harmful. Tooling in our carpets, fluoride in our toothpaste, carbon monoxide exhaust from traffic, and recycled air coming in from our air-conditioned ducts. A trip to the bathroom will assault your body with thousands of other compounds that people voluntarily spray themselves with or spray or spread on their skin. Cosmetics, toiletries, lipstick, perfume, deodorant, shampoos, hair dyes, shaving creams, lipstick, perfumes, toothpaste, mouthwash, soap, and uh, colognes. These are largely not made of natural ingredients that the body can easily metabolize, so they also accumulate over the years, causing dysfunction. In many cases, manufacturers are not even required by law to list what chemicals are in these products, but they all have names that people can't pronounce and their bodies don't know what to do with. Your skin is literally a sponge for whatever you're bathing and showering in. Out of ignorance, most people don't have a shower filter installed in their bathroom, but anything we bathe in will all enter our body through the skin, which is our biggest organ, and our lungs when we inhale the steam. Chlor chloramine, cadmium, lead, iron, mercury, arsenic, Fluoride, bromide, and testosterone are all found in our shower water. Chlorine. It's just spelled incorrectly. Sorry about that. Chlorine, cadmium, lead, iron, mercury. These are all shower filter poisons. Um, H2O, um, my, my, yeah, it says. Um, and just to make a comment real fast, too, to the book is that we have in stock right now, I just ordered a half a dozen. I've already used two of them, but I have four more uh, shower filters that dechlorinate, but take all the poisons. If, if somebody's interested in purchasing one, I have four of them in stock. Uh, you get like a little strobe light shower. It's really nice, therapeutic colors and stuff. It's a really a, an awesome shower filter. And I was just able financially to order six of them in stock, and I put one on my shower uh, in 
and two of the showers in my place I'm staying. So I have four left over if you're interested. Okay, back to the book. Depending on your profession, you may also be subjected to chemical byproducts from your industry. For example, if you're a mechanic that's dealing with turpentine solvents, they will leach through your skin into your bloodstream. Vaccines are the most dangerous culprit. Oh, hallelujah. Vaccines are the most dangerous culprit because if you ingest chemicals through your mouth or breathe them in at least, they can be evacuated through the normal detoxification channels. You can vomit or sneeze or get runs. Hold on, where am I? Or get runs. The body is extremely discerning about what it allows into the bloodstream because it is vital to our survival that the blood remains clean. When the doctor comes along and injects the vaccines directly, they skip all the body's usual defenses against the entry foreign antigens and take the body straight to red alert. That is why so many people report vaccine injuries. This has become a third rail topic no one is allowed to talk about, and many who do are simply blackballed and have their careers destroyed. A great PR campaign has been waged to program people to dismay anything, any criticism of vaccines as conspiracy, conspiracy theories, but in the public discourse, discourse, there is never any serious consideration of the evidence. Uh, and they have a, it's a, a reference for more details. See Appendix 2, Educate Before You Vaccinate. In a major city like New York or L.A. or Cleveland, if you count how many chemicals come into the body in a 24-hour period, it may be as many as 25,000 per day. The moment we step out into our contaminated city air, we breathe in substances like fluorocarbons, carbon monoxide, sulfide dioxide, PCBs, ozone, benzene, dioxins, industrial contaminants, fossilized fuels, and paint fumes. 25,000 chemicals we breathe, eat, drink, and put on our skin and rub on our scalp. Chemicals that can pose little cancer risk on their own can trigger cancer when combined together. Remember what Gary always taught, compounding toxicities, compounding insufficiencies. That's my input, by the way. When you mention it, they all say the liver removes the toxins, all toxins from the body. The liver removes all toxins from the body. It's like they have been issued with identical index cards telling them exactly what to say when anyone mentions a detox. And it's true. The liver is one of our detoxification organs. But here's one the thing. But here's the thing. When 25,000 chemicals come in Monday, your liver says, I'll take care of 3,000 of those. But that's about all it can manage in a 24-hour period. And that is supposedly it's if it's fully healthy. Not everyone's organs are functioning at optimal capacity. If your kidneys are healthy, they can dump another 3,000 or so. If they are filtering and getting enough water to flush through the urine, most people don't drink enough water. If your skin is sweating, you can get rid of two or 3,000 more, but people don't sweat. If your lymphatics are pumping and moving through exercise, another load of 3,000 can be taken from the original 25,000, but a lot of people don't exercise. If you're respirating with the lungs and all the sewage systems are open, you can dump another two or 3,000. You get the idea? So here's the problem. With all people that are sick, including those with cancer, Monday 25,000 come in and 23,000 come out. You haven't changed your lifestyle, so Tuesday 25,000 come in and 23,000 or or and 23, hold on. 
Tuesday, 25,000 come in and 23,000 or come out Wednesday, same Thursday, Friday. And it's day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year, decade after decade. As time goes by, the detoxification organs and filtration systems of the intestines, kidneys, skin, blood circulation, and lymphatic flow become lymphatic flow become very toxic themselves and weaken. Soon your body isn't functioning so good. The detox organs aren't able to do their job properly. Saturday, 25,000 come in, only 22,000 come out. Sunday, 25,000 come in, only 21,000 come out. Monday, 25,000 come in, only 20,000 come out, and so on. The kidneys overrun the blood, becomes contaminated, finally and you get your payday. The payday comes from compounding toxicities that have developed in the bloodstream. As it says in Leviticus, the life of the flesh is in the blood, 1711, chapter 17, verse 11. Well, if the life in is if life is in the blood, then death and death and disease are in the blood as well. You either have a river of li- river of life or a river of death and disease depending on what you're putting in the bloodstream. If what you're swallowing, what you're breathing, what you're drinking, and what you're bathing in is harm is in is harmful, then the blood will become a system of transmission of toxic sludge, delivering it to the 75 trillion cells that make up the organs and systems of your body. As the blood becomes contaminated, you're going to start feeling the symptoms of dis-ease, nauseousness, tiredness, headaches, bloating. The blood contamination is causing your you to be innervated and sickly. Hopefully you can also, uh, you are also beginning to understand why taking medications to hide these symptoms is not going to solve the underlying problem. In fact, it's going to introduce you more to more toxic chemicals into the body for the already overburdened detoxification organs to deal with. All right. So now we're going on to the next chapter. Mm. This is chapter nine. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Whatever you breathe will end up in the bloodstream. It could be fresh air from a forest up in the mountains or industrial fumes of environmental contaminants. Whatever you eat ends up in the bloodstream. It could be living organic fruits, vegetables, nuts, grains, legumes, or seeds, or refined processed, lifeless, and toxic sugar-laden drinks. Whatever you bathe in, whether it's contaminated tap water or fresh spring water, and whatever you wash with, whether it's toxic cosmetic or biodegradable organic ones, it will be absorbed through your skin and end up in your bloodstream. Of course, this is already on the life, the main culprit, the vaccinations, what you eat, breathe, and drink. Picture a vibrant, gushing river, an artery branching into streams called veins that become trickling capillaries. If the is the blood flow nourishing your cells with nutrients and picking up cellular waste to keep your body clean, or is it delivering poisons to your cells? Is your bloodstream a flowing river of life or a stagnant, toxic swamp of death and disease? The blood is your life force. It's designed to take essential nutrients where they are needed and remove cellular waste 
from where they are not needed. The intelligence of the body will try its best to prevent your life force from remaining contaminated as long as it can. Once your detoxification symptoms become overwhelmed and toxins begin to flow over into the blood as means of protecting itself, the blood will try to clean its contaminants out into other areas of the body. It will not begin with the vital organs because that could threaten your life. It's going to pick relatively non-vital places like the toes, the fingers, the wrists, the elbows, the muscles or shoulders or and what have you. This is where you start getting your aches and pains in the joints. You start getting your mobility problems. These are the initial warning signs of toxemia. Wherever the body chooses as a storage bin, it will pocket the toxins and billions of cells in that area end up getting suffocated. They get so contaminated that their usual cellular functions are impaired and then that organ malfunctions. The rate of cellular damage far exceeds the speed of cellular repair. If the poisons and acids and chemicals are, d- are dumped in the toe, it's called gout. If it chooses to dump them under the knee, it's called osteoarthritis. If the storage bin is the elbows, it's arthritis. If the storage bin is the wrist, it's carpal tunnel syndrome. If it's rheumatoid arthritis, if it's in the fingers, it's heart disease in the heart. That's why you can get 10 different people, line them up, and you'll see 10 different disease labels, but the same process is happening. As more toxins, chemicals, plastics, and heavy metals are entering the body than the body's sewage systems can filter out day after day, week after week, month after month, they accumulate and they suffocate the cells in whatever area of the the body decides to store them. The cells become blocked. They have a biofilm wrapped around them and they cannot receive intelligent nutrients. So we get what are called bioavailability problems. That is when nutrients are not able to enter the cell, even if they are entering through the mouth. You are taking your multivitamins and minerals and omegas and essential fatty acids, wondering why your condition is not improving. They'll run a study and tell you that supplements are hokey, but the problem is not the supplements, it's you. You can no longer absorb them. The villi in the digestive tract, villi in the digestive tract become destroyed from years of bad diet. They are blocked and, and dry and covered with hard, sticky, old material that stops nutrients from entering our body through the, the walls of the elementary canal. The cell can't receive enough oxygen and water. We're getting malabsorption problems. The junk needs to be stripped of the cell membrane so it can breathe again first, then it can receive nutrients. Now you can do cellular restoration. All the nutrients in pills and potions and lotions and capsules and herbs come in and can be absorbed through the cell membrane. Cellular toxicities and cellular insufficiencies always occur together. Compounding in the infinite variety of combinations leading to almost all illness. If you're, if you're, the cells are toxic, they cannot easily absorb nutrients. Plus, the body needs nutrients to detoxify itself. 
So they go round and round together in a vicious cycle. This is not a situation that can simply be fixed overnight, just as it did not get created overnight, but the body can and will heal itself, give it enough time and the right support to do so. If the individual understands why the body has got sick in the first place and how to reverse the process. If this is not done in the early stages, when we start to get aches and pains in the joints and extremities, then in order to prevent death by the contamination of your blood, the intelligence of the body will choose a weak link in the chain of organs as a storage site for the blood to clean itself. That's when you start to get more serious chronic conditions. <clears throat> and now chapter 10, which is titled, The Chain Will Break at the Weakest Link. Everyone has a genetic predisposition for a weak organ or weak tissues or a weak system that is targeted when a person's toxic threshold has been reached. It's kind of like the straw that breaks the camel's back. So long as the sewage systems are open and the skin, colon, bladder, nose, and lungs are coping with the responsibilities, the blood remain clean. But if you're not able to remove the toxins fast enough and the blood loads up, the slow and steady accumulation of poisons spill over into the blood. That's when your secondary cleanup system kicks in. The blood will say, hey, liver, hey, kidneys, hey, skin, hey, colon, hey, lymphatics. You're not doing your job fast enough. I'm going to have to pick up pick a site to dump this extra load of toxins in. You can line 10 people, line up 10 people and have the same toxic load and the same elimination capabilities. You see diabetes in one, heart disease in another, cancer in another, and another lupus in the last one. Why? Because where the poisons settle and the heavy metals and the acids is where the suff they, they suffocate the cells. But see, it's all the same disease. Arthritis, diabetes, and cardiovascular disease are all the same disease. It's just so happened that the weakness of these three individuals that are different, that's where the blood chose to dump these excess toxins into the, that area. Everybody has a path of least resistance. If you're prone for pancreatic weakness, <clears throat> then, you're other, then you're either going to get pancreatic cancer or you're going to get diabetes. If the toxins collect in the brain, then... You're going to get Alzheimer's or Parkinson's or dementia type disease, depending on the area. These are fancy labels. People are put on a weak link or a dead zone, electromagnetic dead zone that you have genetically been predisposed to from mom and dad. But just because it's in the genes doesn't mean you're going to get it. It's only when the toxic residue supersedes the filtration sy symptom systems, the mouth, nose, skin, urinary tract, and colon, that the body gets overloaded and you get a disease. Wherever your body is weak is where the disease is most likely to manifest first. When the cells get suffocated and damaged, they malfunction. This is where you're going to have the disease labeled that medical science gives you slapped on. This is how every disease label known to man is invented, and it takes the mystery out of the disease seem very confusing to treat when you think that each of our over 12,000 symptoms have their own 12,000 or more different causes. The sets of symptoms are screams of cells that are suffocated. When the cells are bathing in toxic sewage, they cannot respirate. 
they cannot breathe. So they're going to spit out acids instead of carbon dioxide and water, which are easier for the body to rid itself of. Lack of oxygen will lead to the buildup lactic acids. The pH of the cells is going to be affected because all of the sludge wrapped around them. None. Now you have acid pH causing more problems. They can't receive intelligent nutrients. If it's happening, let's say in the joint, the body decides to dump the poisons in the elbow. The cells in the joints produce synovial fluid or bursa fluid. Those get suffocated. They get damaged. They can't produce the fluid. You get a dryness in the joint. What's the next step? Chronic inflammation and pain inflammation is the response of your body's tissue to irritation or injury. It can be acute, meaning developed suddenly and lasting only days or weeks, or it can be chronic, getting worse over a period months or, of months or years unless reversed. The doctor's looking at the chronic inflammation and pain and trying to make the cellular scream go away by medicating it. That will not make the poisons that are causing it to go away, though, in fact, he is introducing more poisons into the system. He is guaranteeing that the patient will get sicker. In the future, when the body can't dump any more poison in the joint, it will look for the next safest place to store it. To store it. That's where the patient will get their second disease. It's really the same as the first disease, but it looks like a second disease to the medical doctor who doesn't believe that environmental toxins are stored up in the body. If I were asked to treat the patient, I would look at the sludge in the joint. I would clean it up, get rid of those acids and toxic residues, and load the blood with the building material for the cells in the joints. And here's the miracle. The bone cells, the osteoclast and osteoblast restore, and the synovial fluid cell start producing fluid again. The inflammation pain goes away. Not because we have repressed it, but because that the very cause of the inflammation has been cleared away. Let's go to the next pathway, diabetes mellitus. mellitus. Mm. What I call what I call a beta cell malfunction. The beta cells are meant to malfunction insulin and regulate blood sugar. If the poisons and the acids settle in the pancreas and the beta cells and the azolon Azolong that produce insulin, Azolong, I can't say that word, but anyway, you know, the, 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 the insulin thingy, get all suffocated and coated and the receptor sites get clogged called insulin resistance. They can't produce insulin. Guess what you're going to do to get for a symptom? High blood sugar or hypoglycemia, low blood sugar, depending on what's going on at a cellular level. When the blood sugar rises, they the doctors are going to try to manipulate the blood sugar with human insulin glucophage, glue control, or glipizide. What I would do is clean up the pancreas. As a naturopath, I would clean it up, scrub the receptor sites, and load the blood with chromium polynicotate, polynicotinate, B6, nutrients, and electrolytes. The blood flows back to the open beta cells. The beta cells say, thank you for the proteins. Thank you for the oxygen. Thank you for the essential fatty acids. Thank you for the chromium. Kickstart goes their engine. Then they start producing insulin. Guess what happens with sugar levels? They drop. If the coronaries are blocked, decreasing blood flow to your heart, you're going to have a giant pain called angina. Have one there. 
and you're going to have arrhythmia, palpitation, murmurs, eventually an angina pain. If it's in the toe, that's going to be called gout. The uric acid crystals end up being pushed in the toe. It swells, extremely painful, painful, painfully, and it feels like walking on broken glass. The MDs will look at the pain and inflammation of the uric acid crystals in the toe. What I would do is clean up the toes using DMSO carrier solvents that would that wash the uric acid crystals out and use natural pain and anti-inflammatories in the naturopathic realm such as proteolytic enzyme. I would the natural I would recommend the natural capsium from cayenne and things like that. They reduce the pain and inflammation. It buys you time until you heal. You, you fix the cell, you cure the disease. This is not taught at any university. It is part of the mainstream. It is not part of the mainstream medical paradigm. So you're not going to hear it in academia. It took me 24 years to figure this out, digging in the ditches seeing every disease label known to man, from stage four cancers to AIDS, leukemia, lupus, Guillain-Barre, mastothenia gravis, every autoimmune disease known to man, every degenerative and every metabolic disease. It's all the same. The only difference is the cell malfunctions are different. Beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health, even as thy soul prosper. It says very clearly in third John chapter one, verse two. Now this is chapter nine of my hubby's wisdom. The medical twilight zone. One day you come into the doctor saying, look, doc, I don't feel so good. I'm tired. I'm achy. I've got brain fog. I can't think straight. I'm not sleeping. I've got skin rashes and bloating. I'm sure there's something wrong with me. The doctor runs a full array of lab assessments from x-rays, MRIs, CT scans to immune profiles, blood tests, saliva samples, hormone assessments, but finds no signs of abnormality. He prescribes you some pills to seize, to ease your discomfort and sends you home with a modest copay. You have just crossed over into the medical twilight zone. The medical twilight zone is where you're toxic, you're nutritionally deficient, you're stressed out, you've got aches and pains, you're drinking cups of coffee just to get you through the day and regularly feel like you're coming down with the flu. You're neither healthy nor in a state of severe chronic illness, but somewhere in between. As far as the system is concerned, you're normal. They have no answers for you. The reason for this is that diagnostic tools of mainstream doctors' scans are only cal calibrated to the trauma crisis care. Their advanced equipment can easily detect liver cirrhosis, hepatitis, strokes, kidney failure, heart attacks, rheumatoid arthritis, and metastatic cancer tumors. However, it cannot detect problems in the realm of the medical twilight zone of dis disease where most people languish for most of their lives. Because mainstream medicine does not consider disease to be a cascading phenomenon, which begins the early warning symptoms like headaches, nausea, skin rashes, flu, uh, flus and colds, sinus problems, poor moods, exhaustion, a lack of vitality, and ends in chronic illness, illness like stroke, heart attack, or cancer, anyone who does not have an overt serious condition falls through the cracks of the medical machine. The MDs require your numbers to... In 
your, the MDs require your numbers to enter into their ranges in order to judge you ready for treatment. They are looking for crisis trauma, full-blown heart attacks, a tumor that's a billion cells or more, lesions, heart attacks, strokes, aneurysms. If you're knocking on the door of liver cirrhosis and you have liver toxicity or a fatty liver, they need to wait until you have lesions or hepatitis or cirrhosis to pick anything up. If you're knocking on the wall of a heart attack, you'll get a clean bill of health because you don't have it yet. They are looking for heart tissue damage from a heart attack. In the meantime, they're going to tell you that you don't need any help and send you home to wait until you're sick enough to enter their backyard too late. You could have a tumor of half a billion cells before they even find out what's going on because they're looking for a billion cells or more and they're going to say that you're fine. Dr. Peter Glidden, naturopathic doctor, writes in a book titled Attempt a Cure with Holistic Medicine in 2017 that once a patient diagnosed with leukemia came into his to his office and told him that their doctor told them and there's not, the, the doctor told them, there's nothing we can do for you at this stage of illness. Just go home and wait. When the condition gets worse, we can start chemo and radiation. If you're almost in crisis, they have no hope for you. They are not considered, you are not considered sick enough for treatment. Since the system considers the absence of sickness to be the measure of health, they don't intervene early because they don't know how. Consequently, the patient will either consequently the patient will either be simply blamed for getting older, given a clean bill of health, be labeled by their doctor as manifesting as a psychosomatic disorder or being hypochondriac or worse. They will be given palliative symptom suppression pharmaceutical relief agents, namely drugs. These will merely Shove the disease deeper with the patient, unaware of the fact that he is getting sicker because the pills, lotions, and potions only mask his symptoms, but do nothing to treat the real underlying cause of their problem. What would you think of a fireman spraying the smoke billowing out of a window of a building, believing he is putting out the fire? Our current medical system only tends to recognize disease only when it has reached crisis proportions. But that's like saying that a house is only on fire when the flames have reached the roof. In reality, the real fire started from an innocent-looking cigarette butt that, beca- that began smoldering on the couch. If the medical system could recognize the early signs of smoke, then they would they could prevent chronic illness. But there are more than 4,000 abnormal diseases that won't register on blood tests, urinalysis, PET scans, X-rays, computerized tomography, which are the CT scans, and magnetic resonance imaging, which are the MRIs, that cannot measure the early decline of health or detect cellular toxicities and cellular insufficiencies. And of course, this this technology cannot reveal the unseen emotional toxins such as anger, bitterness, stress, anxiety, unforgiveness, and what have you that eventually lead to physical illness and can never be identified through medical diagnostic equipment. Another problem with blood and urine samples is the blood is always changing. So is urine. If it's low on iron, for example, it's going to try and find it in the bones or the muscles and remove it from there to pull it back into the blood and keep it homeostasis. You can be anemic on the other on a you can be anemic on a cellular level, but when they draw the blood and take 
the data, they say, you're fine, see? The iron is there. Some people die before they get their blood test back. The blood will rob calcium from the bone if it has to. If it's low on magnesium, it will pull it it will pull it magnesium. It will pull magnesium from the heart tissue. The body thinks that it is borrowing these minerals temporarily and putting them to their most important use. The problem is people are not consuming foods which replenish their supplies of essential minerals. So what is intended only as an emergency measure becomes permanent. Blood work is great for finding certain things like HIV loads or the size of a tumor, but early on, you want the cellular data. The blood is the river to the cells. What we want to know is what's in the cell. How is the cell doing? If the teacher wants to take attendance at school, does she count the number of kids on the school bus in the classroom itself? It's not important whether the nutrient is found in the blood, it's whether it gets in the cells or not. If the cells are not absorbing the nutrient from the blood, then the blood test tells us nothing. In my practice, we use body scanners that actually detect cellular data rather than blood data, which is unreliable because it is constantly moving. If we catch you early, we can slide you back to health before complications occur, before you get really sick. When toxic residues are accumulating in your intestines, liver, blood, tissue, and cells, the nutritional building elements are not able to penetrate the cell membranes to remove metabolic waste and regenerate the cells. Nutrient absorption, metabolic efficiency, energy and hormone, and neurotransmitter synthesis are all greatly reduced. This, in turn, will manifest symptoms of extreme lethargy, muscle weakness, gastric detention, aches and pains, depression, and memory and concentration problems. These are cries for help from your body. They are not diseases. They are our creator's intelligence trying to warn us of a deeper cellular malfunction which needs to be addressed before things get completely out of hand. Remember, only after mass numbers of cells malfunction or die do you even begin to notice symptoms of disease. In other words, you're already sick before you get sick. Conventional allopathic physicians are taught that if you can't see it in an x-ray or detect it in a lab test or hear it on a stethoscope or feel it in a palpitation, then it's simply not there. Even if the patient's whole body is in a state of stress or disease, medical students are not instructed in tox toxicology and the dangers of free radical damage to the cells or the necessities of nutritional building blocks to establish and maintain health. The entire sick care industry keeps disease right where it's most lucrative. The term, the long-term treatment of chronic diseases. No cures can be discovered in the medical twilight zone and prevention is rarely considered. A medical monop monopoly of risky surgeries and lethal pharmaceuticals continue unabated. The medical system, now a $4 trillion a year industry, profits by hundreds of billions of dollars each year. It is estimated that more than 75% of all office visits to medical doctors are in the medical twilight zone 
compound category of neurological disorders, chronic fatigue, fibromyalgia, pH acidity, gastric disorders, immune suppression, mental and autoimmune disorders, skin disorders, and acute bacterial, fungal, parasitic, and viral infections that are all caused by two things. You guessed it, cellular toxicities and cellular insufficiencies. The medical profession addresses neither, yet it continues to thrive as sickness incorporated. Typical symptoms of such twilight zone disorders are headaches, dizziness, nervousness, severe fatigue, flatulence, constipation, diarrhea, insomnia, brain fog, joint aches, and the loss of feeling of generally generally well-being, which are all intelligent warning signals of the healing crisis. These symptoms are the cells cry or scream to warn you of a cellular malfunction in a, in a certain organ or system. Being subjective symptoms, they can't be revealed by laboratory analysis until they have reached chronic degenerative proportions or metabolic disease states. Palliative pharmaceutical agents over-the-counter or prescribed can't treat them because they do nothing to remove toxic plaque residues known as biofilm in and around the cell, nor fix cellular insufficiencies that cause them. In fact, they add more toxins to and rob more nutrients from the body, thereby causing more dis-ease. Only natural non-toxic treatment protocols can can genuinely reverse any illness. Down the middle of the great street of the city, on each side of the river, stood the tree of life, bearing 12 crops of fruit, yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of a tree were, the trees were for the healing of the nations. Revelations chapter two, uh, 22, verse 2. All medical twilight zone diseases are indigenous, meaning they originate internally rather than coming from the outside in. They are the body's built-in intrinsic wisdom responded to the negative influences with a healing crisis. To the medical establishment, built-in body institutional instituted symptoms of fever, diarrhea, mucus, secretions, coughing, nasal dripping, drippage, and excessive perspiring are unnecessary nuisances to attack or suppress when in fact they are intelligence purging mechanisms to expel toxic debris from the blood and de- decay and morbid waste from the tissues that have been overloaded are elimination and detoxification pathways of the skin, colon, kidneys, or lungs. They are a purging of toxins to prevent more serious chronic disease from settling in in their ignorance, incompetence, and negligence. Medical doctors are drugging symptoms at the cellular level or surgically removing organs rather than addressing the toxicities and the cellular insufficiencies that cause that cause medical problems. Unless a treatment actually removes acid toxins from the body and increases oxygen, water, and nutrients, the cure at best will only be temporarily. Otherwise, the disease is driven deeper into the chronic state. If they only knew that once the toxic waste is Waste residue is excreted, the cells would be allowed to absorb oxygen and nutrients again, and that the body's organs and systems would self-heal and return to homeostasis, which is the balance and the order. They would actually be able to be the healers they profess to be. But now that you know what's going in, how will this affect the way that you not only approach the dis-ease that you might be experiencing, but will act to prevent 
it in the first place. Now we have the last chapter, and the noise you hear in the background is an angel like my baby girl that I lost. His name is Stephen, and I'm using his room to record this show. Stephen, say hey. Say hello, everyone. Say hello, everyone. Anyway, Stephen's an autistic angel, and uh, this is his room that I'm recording this show, so he just walked in his room. Last chapter, 12 of my late husband's book, David Copperfield Medicine, it's titled, Looking at Health on a Spectrum, It Will Help Us to Understand. The Medical Twilight Zone Phenomenon Will Explain Why You Don't Have to Accept Your Fate. On one extreme, we have optimal health. You generally feel good, wake up energetic are free of aches and pains, have good nutrition, and your filtration organs are adequately coping with whatever toxins enter your body. On the other extreme, you have multiple debilitating chronic illnesses and are knocking on death's door. Most people are a considerable way along the spectrum from optimal optimal health when they roll into a doctor's clinic requesting some honest help to improve their condition. Nonetheless, they will be told by their family doctor, the family doctor, that there is nothing wrong with them, that they are in great shape, and that they have nothing to worry about. Somehow they all feel fall badly ill shortly thereafter. The doctors were not exactly lying when they diagnosed the patient. According to their own definition of health, wellness is the absence of sickness. Therefore, they were technically right. Since there was no apparent manifestations of disease, there was nothing wrong with the patient when they strolled in. As a consequence, people die in good health all the time. The truth is that the absence of a negative is not the presence of a positive. Just because your backyard is not overrun with weeds doesn't mean you have a beautiful garden that's blooming with flowers and fruit-bearing cherry orchids in it either. We are told that the aches and pains, dizziness, headaches, drowsiness, and low energy levels are just regular signs of aging, but people seem to be getting them younger and younger. The doctors use suppressive meds to help you manage symptoms or even cut out body parts on an outside system level, but they're never getting to the actual cause of the disease process at a cellular level. The real danger to you with mainstream medicine is that it works. The danger is that you can't feel the headache anymore because they knocked it out with an astaminophen like Tylenol. (laughs) They knocked it out with Tylenol. You can't feel the angina pain no more because they knocked it out with nitroglycerin. You can't feel the stomach problems anymore because they use an anti-acid in order to block the symptoms. They remove the symptoms, but they don't charge the underlying condition of the body. So before long, another symptom will spring up elsewhere. I call it the David Copperfield medicine. It's the illusion that you're getting better when actually you're getting worse. You're feeling better, but you're getting sicker because of poisoning of the synthetic drug to the cell. The medications themselves cause disease, which we call side effects, but the cellular screens are being muffled. And then you're going, man, the wonders of modern medicine, it's working. I'm getting well. No, you're not. It's an illusion. And that's the problem with medical doctors. If their so-called treatments actually work to make you feel better, so much the worse for you. As far as the disease is concerned, you're getting sicker. That's why John H. Tidden wrote, 
Amelioration is a form of building disease, and toxemia explained as far back as 1926. The cellular cries which they are knocking out are only the symptoms of a deeper underlying issue. The doctors are adding toxins to toxins, acid to acid, and more immunosuppressive components from pharmaceuticals to an already repressed immune system. You end up going through the medical money-go-round. You went to your family doctor and he gave you some anxiety medication, but over the years that badly affected your brain chemistry, so now you come back in with migraines and get sent to the neurologist. When you go to the neurologist, he gives you some drugs that mess up your hormones because he's not an endocrinologist. When you see the endocrinologist, he looks at your hormones and shakes his head, prescribing some drugs to keep them in check, but he doesn't realize they mess up your heart because he knows nothing about cardiology and the cardiologist is looking at your heart but she knows nothing about the brain linked to the heart so you end up back with the neurologist they cut the body up like a bunch of truck parts and try to treat them independently when the body is a holistic integrated system whose whole is greater than the sum of its parts almost everything needs to be treated holistically but they cut it into parts and that creates the medical money go round the gp goes to the neurologist the GP to a neurologist, an endocrinologist, cardiologist, oncologist, psychiatrist, and eventually the, cor the coroner's office. All the while, the right hand doesn't know what the left is doing. All they're doing is playing the magical shell game with disease. You start out with one disease, and like magic, the medications made the symptoms disappear, but then you get another one. So you zap that as well, then and then you got another one that you also had to treat. It's a never-ending game of whack-a-mole. You start to wonder why life is so unfair and you can't just have a normal body that doesn't keep breaking down on you and throwing up symptoms no matter what you do. You're doing all the right things, gone to all right special specialists, took all the meds you've been prescribed exactly when you've been told to take them. Statins for your cholesterol, ACE for your blood pressure, NSAIDs for pain and inflammation, and you wonder why nothing works. Six to eight months later, you wake up with a heart attack. If you live through the heart attack, you're strapped to a gurney with a 30 $40,000 triple bypass or a quad. They hit you on the front end with suppressive meds to knock out the symptoms so you don't feel it anymore. This includes cancer. They, they use chemotherapy and radiation to burn the tumor, but the tumor is a side effect of the underlying cancer process, which is systemic. There are two separate entities, you could say, and doctors are taught they are one and the same. So their focus is on removing the tumor, and they think if they remove the tumor, then they somehow cured the cancer. But if the tumor is only the most prominent manifestation of cancer, the tip of the iceberg, so to speak, then it's only a matter of time before it incubates back to another tumor in the same spot because they didn't change anything. They made it worse through poisonous chemotherapy. Radiation and chemotherapy are poisons that kill healthy cells and cancer cells indiscriminately. This is fully admitted. Healthcare workers who are involved with handling anti-cancer drugs are warned to take special care because of the risk of developing cancer from being in contact with them. You can't be poisoned back to health. Mainstream doctors practice David Copperfield medicine because they don't think there is an actual function to what the body is doing. They think that it's 
an accident, a freak of nature, or that something has just gone wrong. They can't conceive that the body has its own intelligence that knows better than they do what is good for them. Okay. And I think that's all. Yeah. All right. So that's the summary of my husband's book. We got three minutes here. So let me just say a couple more things Um, for anybody that uh, does not know Gary Tunsky Jr. He passed on June 29th, 2019. He was my husband for almost 12 years. He was a cellular expert reversing cancer and every other disease uh, for over 40 years. Um, The reason he passed is because of abuse in his younger years with steroids, I found out. He kept himself alive 20 extra years because of the cleanse that he developed. And that's why I want to throw out there real fast for anyone interested. Uh, He has developed a 21-day cellular cleanse that takes three weeks to get to the cell because the first week's the fluids, then the organs and the cells, he believed. And he developed it, and we've only improved it with Dr. True's Minerals, who anybody that listens to the show know Dr. True is the one that's replacing my husband's wisdom. Um, anyway, unbelievable uh, simplicity of compounding toxicities and compounding insufficiencies is reducing the toxic level in your cells. So it's a, it's a seven-product system. 21 days, we coach you through the whole thing, but most importantly, you're doing exactly what scripture tells you to do for the leaves of the trees or for the healing of the nation. Vegetables are for the sick. It's a vegan diet the whole 21 days. The testimonies I could share with you are just unbelievable. I did it not even two months ago. I'm doing it again next month. I do it every three or four months as well as my late husband did. And that's why he kept himself alive so much longer um, from the steroid abuse. But anyway, long, short, Definitely our cleanses uh, are available, and this is what we do. I'm I'm continuing the wisdom that Father gave him with my wisdom that I (sighs) did not choose, chose me through the death of my first child before I met Gary. Um, So it's all about compounding toxicities, of course, the vaccines being the number one compound. And that brings me to the last couple minutes. I am going to mention what Dr. True and I are going to be discussing, and he's going to be doing much more research. Um, but it needs to be uh, it needs to be talked about real fast. And I'm sure Progressive Radio Network has already heard about it. Um, it's on the front page of our vacinfo.org website. Um, down at the bottom, it's graphene razor blades found in the COVID vaccines by Dr. Andre Nowak. Uh, He's a chemist or whatever he is, a doctor in, uh, where is he? He's in Europe somewhere. I can't remember exactly the video, but it's on the front page of our website. You want to watch that video. It's on BitChute. Um, He did an amazing presentation showing that the uh, COVID vaccines or the COVID mark is not graphene oxide like we've been talking about. It's graphene hydroxide. And Dr. True is going to explain that in more next week and after he finishes confirming that it's all, it's all, this is real because I had it on the website as well as his wife. This is the most important thing to everybody and not to be afraid because we don't, you know, fear is not in our vocabulary. But unfortunately, this doctor that you're going to watch that's uncovered this research was found dead hours after he did the presentation. I had his wife's video on the website yesterday, but when Dr. True questioned it being real or not, I took it off. Um, and then I just put that back on, but he was, if it is real, he was definitely taken out. Um, they, they, he was killed over it and it's amazing research. Um, and again, I don't want you to be worried about it. Just know that this is 
uh, some new information we'll be covering next week. And uh, as of now, when I asked True, because we were going to do the show today on it, but I, I told everybody I was going to read the book, so we'll do it next week when he does more research to confirm it. But he basically, this is his text to me, Dr. True's text to me when I asked him, what do you think about this? He said, my research shows Nowak was everything he claimed and then some. Nowak killed, Carrie Mullis killed, many others threatened. Just a coincidence, I'm sure. So we'll be talking about that more. Um, again, our support link will give you the support you need to survive these end times that we're in now. Hallelujah. <laughs> You're listening to Vic Fellowship. And again, our shows can be accessed on the front page of our vacinfo.org website on the belly of a little boy flexing his muscles. Or you can go directly to the whatinthecell.podbean.com website that Progressive Radio Network has developed for us to uh, re-listen to this or download it and share it with others. We're on every Monday at 2 p.m. Eastern. Our contact number is 954-347-9671. We thank Progressive Radio Network for allowing us to give you this uncompromised truth. And God bless.